Hear God's word from John chapter 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Amen. Well, we've just hit the shortest day of the year in regard to light. And it's not only the shortest day of the year, but it's also the coldest day of the year that we've been experiencing. Without light, without the light of the sun, the the cold, the bitter cold comes and it hardens, it freezes the ground. Can't you hear the pipes freezing right now? Freezes the pipes, it brings hardship, it brings frustration and bitterness. I can only imagine being a plumber right now with all the calls. And what we experience physically in the darkness of this frozen winter Really and truly, we experience culturally and spiritually. You know, as a nation, as we've been walking towards Christmas, instead of being greeted again and again with the good news of the great message of joy, we've been getting all kinds of messages, not of joy, but of darkness. The news is so depressing. It's horrible. Each and every day as you hear it coming at you, Wars, economic corruption, political corruption, bad news about the government and our economy, and even more disturbing, murder, rising crime, border chaos, and on top of it all, pollution. It's enough to drive you to despair. We live in dark times. But you see, the reason that the Son of Righteousness came forth was to bring joy and celebration, really and truly. That's what Christ's mission was all about. So that we can shine with the brightness of His love as we live out our lives in faith and joy. We must remember that Jesus Christ was and is about true fellowship and celebration rooted in peace gospel peace between the Holy Father and unholy men and women through Christ the Savior. I mean, think about it. His very first miracle was to turn water into wine at a wedding feast, to celebrate. So that's what he's come to do, to bring joy and true celebration. So as we consider the reality of this dark world broken by sin, what are we to do as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, we're to press back again and again to the light of the world, the light of life. We run back to Christ by faith and repentance and worship and joy and hope, and that's why we're here tonight on Christmas Eve. We come to the Word, which is life, which is power, and we sit at the feet of the great I Am, Jehovah's Salvation. So that's what we're doing tonight. Let's bask in the light of life this Christmas Eve that destroys the darkness. And as we've been going through the Advent season, we've been looking at the great I Am statements of Jesus Christ. And tonight we're in John chapter 8. It's the very heart of the seven I Am statements of Christ. And we really do need to see historically what this is all about. Why Jesus says what he says in the context that he says it. The historical context for his making this proclamation. Well, what's Jesus doing in John chapter 8? He's been moving through, confronting the chosen people 
with the reality of his Messiahship. That's what John's all about. Jesus is going forth, showing people that he is the Messiah from rich to poor, from country people to city people. He is the one who came to bring salvation. So after feeding the 5,000 in John chapter 6 in the backwaters of Galilee, Jesus is pressing on to Jerusalem, the nation's capital, to the heart of the people for the Feast of Tabernacles. Sometimes it's called the Feast of Booths. So we need to realize tonight in our culture, in our setting, that whether you're rich or poor, whether you're a country person or a city slicker, Jesus has what you need. He's the light of the world. And in chapter 7, at the very height of this celebration, this feast of booze, he stood in the middle of the temple and he declared, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He that believes in me, as the scripture says, out of him will flow rivers of living water. What an incredible, amazing statement. See, this Feast of Tabernacles or this Feast of Booths, it celebrated God's provision for his people as they were rescued out of Egypt and they were traveling to the promised land. They went through the wilderness. And every step of the way, he provided the people what they needed. And there were two elements at this feast that showed the reality of that. The priest, every day during this festival, this celebration, it lasted for several days, would take water from the pool of Siloam, and then he would pour it all around the altar and the center of the temple. And this was to remind the people of God's provision of water in the desert. Remember Moses struck the rock and water came forth, and they had life, they had water in the wilderness. They're reminded that Jehovah supplies all of our needs. And you can imagine the power of this imagery as Christ stood up on that day, that greatest day of the feast, and said, I am the water of life. Well, the second great element of this celebration of tabernacles was the lighting of specific lamps throughout the temple. These great golden lamps were filled with precious and pure olive oil, and they were lit so that there was a blazing fire in the temple. And... This was to remind the people that through their wilderness journey to the promised land that was hard and fraught with danger and difficulty, that the Lord provided all of their needs. He was the pillar of smoke by day that protected them from the blaze of the sun, and he was a pillar of fire by night that lit their way. But you see, on the last night of this great feast, the greatest of the lamps was was left unlit. And this was to symbolize that God's people still waited in darkness for the Messiah who would come to bring eternal light and life. So this is the context that Jesus stands up in the middle of and proclaims, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What a promise. Well, if we're going to better understand the nature of this light, we really do have to have a better understanding of the nature of the darkness that surrounds us, that's all around us. Friends, really and truly, the darkness of this fallen world, it is truly dark. We live in a world of physical light by 
the creative powers of God. We enjoy the sun by day and we enjoy the sun's reflection off the moon by night. But the reality is we live in a world of great spiritual darkness all around us. We know that. We sense it. We see it. This is why we spend trillions of dollars on weapons of war. We spend all manner of money on police and security and prisons and lawyers because the spiritual darkness is ever present. It's all around us. We're confronted with this reality every Christmas season when we see commercials where people are begging us to give money to feed starving children around the world. It's because we live in a dark world, the darkness of this fallen world. The darkness into which Jesus came was the darkness of sin, evil, ignorance, folly, superstition. It's all pervasive. It affects every aspect of the human being, every level, every aspect of our, 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 our lives, our, our minds, our emotions, our actions, our words, our thoughts, everything. Moral relativism, moral confusion, it's pervasive, this darkness where every man and woman does what is right in their own eyes. And, and think about it, we cannot even define culturally and politically what is a woman. The darkness is dark. Sin makes us crazy. It's not only dark, but it's oppressive. We have to see the reality of that. The darkness of this fallen world is oppressive because it dominates this fallen world. And here in John chapter 8, as Jesus bears witness about himself as Messiah, as the light of life, he's confronting both the believing Jews and the unbelieving Jews. He was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But the word of the Lord, it's always two-edged, it's blessing and cursing. And so he declares to the unbelieving Jews, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Don't we see the reality of this? The dominion of the darkness of sin in this world, we experience it. It's oppressive, this power that's at work, not just out there, but in here. Well, maybe right now you're saying, no, I don't believe that. I push back against that. Well, then let's just prove it. You say no, no to that, that your heart's desire is you can do the right and the good and the true. Well, why don't you try to perfectly uphold the law of God for just one day? Can you do it? Of course you can. But hallelujah, Jesus came to bring peace with God for us through his life, through his righteousness of living out the law for us. He stands today in the midst of us and proclaims his gospel truth through his word. And he says, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of life. Are you one who believes by God's grace in the light of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ? And sin's dominion has been broken in your life. Or are you an unbeliever? You know, this is really the most important question for anyone on Christmas Eve. Does Christ's word of promise find a home in your heart home tonight, today, this season? If it doesn't, then the end of this darkness has already begun. 
because it brings death. The darkness of this fallen world brings eternal death. Jesus declares, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. What a tragedy when people reject the light of life and embrace the lies of the fallen world and and live as though the lie is really true. You know, uh, our bird feeder is near the sun porch windows where I do my devotions. And uh, sometimes, unfortunately, the light is just right so that it hits those windows and they just become great big mirrors. And, you know, it happens occasionally. The birds start flying, looking at what they think is real, but it's a lie. Oh, there's just more sky, more space to fly. Our cats have gotten pretty good about hanging out around there. But that's the reality. So many people living in the darkness while the darkness lives in them. And they think what they have is real and true without Jesus, but they're headed towards chaos. They're headed towards judgment. They are experiencing spiritual death already, and eternal death is coming. The darkness is dark. How great it is. And yet there is the good news of great joy that is for all the people. Christ has come, the light of the world, the light of life. So seeing the reality of the nature of darkness, we have to just bask in the glory of the true light for a moment. As we just ask ourselves the question, what is the, the essence of this light? What is the nature of this light? And, and what are the actions of this light? What does he do? Well, what is the light of the world? The light of the world in his essence, in his nature, is what we have just been singing. Emmanuel, God with us. He's divine. The second person of the Trinity stepped out of eternity past and came to earth as a man, as a a babe. He's divine. He's human. Only Jesus as the true light can show us this light. No other human being can do this because all of us are sinful and fallen and filled with darkness. Only Christ was the one conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. The glory, the wonder, the mystery of the Incarnation. We could spend a billion years studying it and never be able to contain the glory or understand it. The Incarnation. He's the only light in the world that can save the peoples of the world. Well, think about how Christ was continually surrounded by light. The light of the world. At His birth, we read it. The star that led the way. The celestial lights. The angels that appeared. The glory of the heavenly light. Think about the glory of His baptism and the light of the Father's testimony and the Holy Spirit's testimony as the dove fell. The light of the truth that He was and is the Christ. Think about the light of His preaching and His teaching. The light of the world, the gospel is the only way, the only truth, the only light of life, the only way to the Father. So he is by his very nature God's holy light, but he also does things. 
He's essentially divine and human, but he has the actions of the light of the world. What does he do? What does the light of the world do? Well, first, he penetrates the darkness as our king, as our great savior. The light of the world penetrates the darkness. There is light in this dark world today, the light of the gospel, the light of God's truth, because Jesus has come forth and done all things necessary for us to have life and salvation and peace. And you see, there's no amount of oil under the Arabian Peninsula that could produce the power of this light. It had to come from outside of creation and time and eternity. It had to be the glorious power of the Son of God who came and penetrated the darkness. He's the eternal Son of God who stepped out of eternity into time and space. And as we read, those who dwelt in darkness have seen a great light. Hallelujah. The light of the world has penetrated the darkness. And Jesus came as the light, and he had to endure the darkness of fallen humanity. And what is the ultimate sign of his divinity as the God-man who saves? Well, he declares in John 8, 28, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. When He was lifted high upon the cross, and the horror of that painful, shameful death for sinners upon the cross, and when He was lifted high in the resurrection and the ascension, then you know I am the one who comes to save. I am the light of the world. Well, He not only penetrates the darkness, but He also exposes it. Hallelujah, we need the darkness to be exposed. Think about the way light works. When you're stumbling around in a dark house and you're looking for a light switch in a room and you finally come across it and you hit the switch, it doesn't just gradually become light. It goes from dark to, to light just in a moment. Well, when Jesus came into the world, his holiness exposed the measure of darkness. That's what we're confronted with tonight with the light of the world. You see, we can play fast and loose with God's law. We can try to turn Mount Sinai into a molehill with all of our justifications for why we can break the law of God. But on the day of days, you're not going to be laid next to a bunch of words. You're going to be laid next to Jesus Christ. He's the measure of all people. Your life will be measured by His he exposes the darkness of our hearts, of our lives, of our sin. You see, the life God wants is the life Christ lived. That's the bad news. But the good news is it can be yours through faith in him. That's the good news. For all who received him became children of God, born not of the flesh but of the spirit. You receive Christ by faith you experience the gift of his righteousness, the gift of his forgiveness. He's the light of the world. This is the promise. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Christ's gift of forgiveness by sacrifice upon the cross. And his gift of righteousness is promised if you would but follow him. What does it mean to follow Christ? Simply to rest in him and to receive him and to rejoice in him. The light does something else that's wonderful that we have to see here right at the end. 
the light of the world conquers the darkness. You know, he was born a baby, but he grew up to be the warrior king who saves his people. He conquers the darkness. The Lord Jesus gives us spiritual light and spiritual freedom, and he brings us into the family of God. He declares in the context of this, I am the light of the world. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Hallelujah. You know, there's a profound reason that when Jesus died on Good Friday, at midday, when he was dying, the world was plunged into a supernatural darkness. Have you ever thought about that? He's able to bring us his supernatural light of life because he endured the darkness of the cross. The darkness of the Father's holy wrath upon the darkness of sin and rebellion. You see, Jesus conquered the darkness of our sin by enduring the darkness of becoming the representative for our sins upon the cross. He conquered the darkness so that we can have the light of life. What a mystery. What a wonder that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Praise be to the God of all grace. Having suffered and died for the sin and judgment of his people, Jesus was buried, and on the third day he rose in glory forevermore. He manifested himself as the light. He proclaimed himself as the light. He proved that he is the light of the world. So on this Christmas Eve, what are we to do with this glorious message? Being confronted with Christ and the reality of who he is and what he's done for us. Well, friends, I beg you, I plead with you, let us realize this light. Let us realize the light of Christ. Do you realize the spiritual darkness all around you? Then take hold of Christ. Receive him tonight. And the joy of simple faith, he'll take your broken heart and he will make it whole through the gift of his spirit and faith and repentance. And when we realize the light of the world and the power of that light within us, then we begin to confess him before others, to rejoice in his love for us, and we radiate Christ more and more as we live and worship and love and serve. That's the power of gospel physics. Christ's love at work upon us causes us to love others. Christ's forgiveness poured out over us causes us to forgive others. Christ's glorious service for us causes us to seek to serve others in our family, in our church, and in this world. So this Christmas season, and as we move on into the new year, let's live out of his love. Let's receive it each and every day. Let's look to him. Let's seek to radiate him. He's the light of the world. With humble hearts of thanksgiving and gratitude, we say, amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Almighty, we love you because you first loved us. And in the midst of our dark, hard hearts, you have come by your spirit and you have shown us our need for Jesus. 
We thank you for the gift of living faith whereby we just lay hold of him and say, mine, my Savior, my good shepherd, the Son of God, the light of the world. Oh, Lord, we pray that your light would fill us and that we would seek to shine forth day by day, to bear witness, to be salt and light, and to love others. We thank you so much for the beauty of this Christmas Eve, and we pray that you would cause us to give our hearts all the more to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.